Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. The Bible is very clear that Yeshua, I'm speaking about Jesus of Nazareth, he is fully God, the eternal Son of God. There was never a time he did not exist. But in our study of Luke chapter 2, we've been focusing in on the incarnation. That is God taking upon himself human flesh. In other words, we've been speaking about the birth of Messiah. And because he was born into this world in a natural means, meaning a woman gave birth to him, but that did not change his identity as the only divine son of God fully divine but also fully human fully god fully man and what we see in the passage that we're going to be studying at this time is his development meaning he was born as a child he entered into this world and he grew he mature in every sense of that word look with me if you would to luke's gospel chapter 2 and verse 40 here it's going to emphasize his maturity in spiritual things we read here in verse 40 and the child grew and became strong with the spirit meaning in the spirit by the spirit he became strong spiritually speaking and also being full of wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. So he had wisdom, and we see this relationship between wisdom and the Spirit. It is through the Spirit that one grows in wisdom. And notice it says the Spirit was upon him, this anointing, this call in order to do his work. Now, notice everything in the Scripture is written in a way in order to convey truth and revelation to the reader notice where the bible goes in this next verse verse 41 and his parents going each year into jerusalem now what the scripture says literally it speaks about having gone meaning this there was a consistency with this family each and every year they would go to jerusalem and why would they go to jerusalem well in this passage it says for the feast of passover now it doesn't say the feast of unleavened bread it says the feast of passover why is that important because passover is the festival of redemption what the author is doing here is giving a context to this section of scripture 
that the section is about redemption why because passover is the festival of redemption when it speaks about messiah being fully god and fully man here what's being emphasized he was sent into this world the eternal son of god as a man to do the work of the son of man meaning that term son of man speaks of him being a servant speaks of him being called to accomplish something and we've just been told what that is when it speaks about the feast of passover that is the work of redemption and notice everything in the scripture is given to us in a means so that we can have greater understanding all of this came about and it says and when it came about that he was 12 years old now it's not by chance that it says he was 12 years old why is that important because 12 relates to israel 12 relates to the people of god and messiah was sent into this world in order to do the work of redemption for the people of god he is inherently tied to israel the kingdom people this is what the scriptures revealing to us and keep reading this same 42nd verse where it says and they going up into jerusalem according to the the tradition or the custom of the festival verse 43 so they went up there according to do the things that was customary to do on the festival and when the days were fulfilled meaning they were complete we know that that passover is the preparation for the feast of unleavened bread but here they went up to do the passover and that is connected to the feast of unleavened bread and when those seven days were complete when all the festival the feast of unleavened bread was fulfilled all of these days what do we see well then we see that they returned but notice something a change they return and of course people would go up to jerusalem and they would come down from jerusalem to return home this is what's happening but notice what the scripture says in that that verse verse 43 yeshua the child remained now there's two things we need to see it uses a very interesting word pious why is that important and that's a greek word and let me just tell you how wicked and and depraved some people are it is very common among the the homosexual community that that wants to justify homosexuality to use this word and say that this speaks about a young man who is in a homosexual relationship with an older man they use this term in regard to for example that saturian that had great faith that built a synagogue in capernaum for the jewish people 
and remember his young servant became sick and what happens messiah heals him and these perverted people and there's no other way to put it they say that this greek word relates to a, a homosexual relationship between a younger man and an older man first of all untrue secondly how disgusting now this word is used for an individual youthful who is a faithful servant we see that many times it is used in regard to sometimes a son sometimes one who is not a biological son but a servant of another it speaks about someone who is faithful to serve this is what the scripture is saying and we need to simply speak out against this this filthiness of individuals that pervert the word of god in order to convey things that are against the scripture how tragic that people are falling for this deceit and lies and falsehood so the scripture says yeshua the young man is what it's saying here this faithful servant he remained in jerusalem but what do we see well keep reading towards end of verse 43 joseph and his mother now again this is what we saw earlier joseph is called joseph he may be the legal father but he's not the biological father and that's why the scripture is very clear joseph and his mother it says they did not know but now look at verse 44 but supposing that he was with that that company there was a group from galilee that would go up probably from that village that village of nazareth that they would go up together and therefore his parents they were supposing thinking that he was in that that group and what happens well after a day's journey so they didn't see their son he's 12 years old and therefore they just thought that he was with friends and in that group but they didn't see him but they went one day journey and notice what it says and seeking him among their relatives and among their acquaintances the word here is for people that you know so they were seeking him among family and friends but notice what the scripture says verse 45 and they did not find him so they looked in this uh, company of individuals that went up to jerusalem for passover and the feast of unleavened bread but they did not find him so what did they do the scripture says they returned to jerusalem seeking him obviously parents aren't going to let one of their children just disappear they went back to jerusalem in order to seek him now the the implication is they 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 left that group and they went along the way back to jerusalem looking for their 12 year old son now verse verse 46 and it came about after three days doesn't say a few days 
but after specifically three days. Numbers are important in the Bible. When you study biblical numbers, and I'm not talking about uh, uh, what's called gematre, which is taught by the Kabbalah and other parts of Judaism. I'm talking about looking at numbers in the scripture and seeing how they're used in the scripture consistently. Now, you cannot apply this to anything outside the Bible, but the number three speaks about testing something. Why? For the purpose of revealing something. So usually the number three in the Bible, when you look at it appearing, it's to to document, to test, to prove, to reveal something. And that's why it says, look carefully at the scripture, verse 46. And it came about after three days that they found him in the temple. What was he doing? Sitting in the midst of the teachers. And he is listening to them and asking them question. So here he is in the temple among the most gifted teachers of all of Judaism. They're in this holy city, listening, hearing what they were saying, and asking them questions. Move on to the next verse, verse 47. But, and this is in contrast to what one would expect, but all the ones hearing him, all the ones hearing him were amazed, amazed at his understanding and his answers now do you see something here there yeshua is in the midst of the most learned men of judaism and he's listening to them and he's asking them questions but what is amazing to people are what his understanding of these things and his answers and this is to show this, this spiritual maturity. Now, listen. He is the eternal son of God. But he humbled himself. He came into this world being born as an infant. And now he's maturing and we're seeing God's anointing, God's power, God's wisdom. All of this by means of the anointing of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that he was upon Yeshua. This is what the scripture is revealing to us. Verse 48. And seeing him, speaking about his parents, seeing him, what does the scripture say? They were amazed at him. And his mother spoke. And what does his mother say? She says, child. Now, this is a, a Greek word. It's in the neuter, so it's not son or daughter. It's child. And scholars teach us that when this word is used, it's used to convey endearment, a love, and an affection. Now, she, I'm sure, as we're going to see, was distressed over the fact of this separation. They had gone a day, they looked a day. She went back a day. That's, that's three. 
and they were seeking him for three days and did not find him but finally they did and notice that they were astonished by him and his mother said child what have you done to us this this grief that she had been enduring her son was missing behold your father and i and this is exactly what it says were distressed seeking you they were seeking him full of distress why they love their son they miss their child they were separated from him so you can imagine a parent not having a child with them how full of of sorrow distress they were emotionally and notice his response verse verse 49 and he said to them why that you were seeking me did you not know that in my father's house it is necessary for me to be now i would highlight underline this this statement his response it's like why was it that you were seeking me why were you concerned you should have known where i would be and that is and remember he's 12 years old his purpose is his father's purpose it's passover redemption where is he going to be he says did you not know that it's necessary very important word that that greek word which is enunciated day day that greek word means something that is absolutely necessary now why is it necessary well what does he say did you not know that it was necessary for me to be in my father's house it is speaking now to his identity yes he's fully man but he is fully god he is the son of god that was sent by his father into this world in order to do the work of redemption and he's growing and maturing in the natural and in the spiritual in order that he might accomplish this awesome responsibility to be the redeemer of the world and therefore it's emphasizing the necessity of this relationship this father-son relationship god the father god the son so he says basically for for why were you seeking me did you not know that it's necessary for me to be in my father's house verse 50 and these meaning his mother and his father they did not understand the word which he was speaking to them verse 51 now this is also a huge part of the biblical passage here he is it just said that this is his father's house he is the son of god it's emphasizing divinity but what's so amazing so marvelous so wonderful is what the next part of this passage emphasizes 
and that is read carefully verse verse 51 and he went down with them and he came into nazareth and here it is and he was submissive he subjected himself to them now what is this saying well it's saying to us that even though he had this awesome task upon him to be the redeemer of the world to do the kingdom redemption nevertheless that can only be done in the spirit of submissiveness and that is seen in the text that he the son of god he subjected himself to them to his parents and this just shows it's emphasizing that the work of redemption was done because this one was totally obedient to authority now when things are revealed to us about messiah they are revealed to us that we might embrace them and we need to understand this embracing this revelation of messiah in two ways first of all to believe it we embrace it by faith we accept it we acknowledge this is true the second thing that we need to do in embracing messiah's revelation to to humanity is not just understand it and affirm it and believe it but we need to implement it into our life we need to respond to it and here we see that the proper response to him manifesting his submissiveness is for us to be like him for us to be submissive as well that we need to realize that he came into this world yes to do the work of redemption this is what the son of god does but he is also the son of man he serves us not only doing the work but also providing an example to us and therefore if we're going to be used by god participate in the will of god then we need to approach god submissively what does that mean we need to properly recognize god's authority so ask yourself a question are you doing that are you responding submissively to scriptural revelation is your life a testimony of obedience to the instructions of god this is when life gets interesting when you are obedient what is that obedience when god sees obedience in an individual he understands that what that is is an invitation for the anointing of the spirit of god to come upon you obedience invites the anointing into your life and with that anointing comes power it comes god's provision it comes god's perspective and also god working in our life to do all the things that he would have done through us and in us this anointing brings about the transformation so we need to see something if we really say yes god i'm dependent upon you i need your provision in my life i need your power in my life i need your your perspective if we need these things then we're going to share with him 
that need by demonstrating submissiveness obedience to god's instruction so let me ask you again how obedient are you well messiah does this as an example read again he goes down with them and comes into nazareth and was subjected to them submissive in other words to his parents keep reading verse 51 and his mother she was keeping all these words in her heart all these things that that was said all these things and this word rima means a proclamation and oftentimes that proclamation is accompanied with an outcome something's done so she kept all of these things in her heart meaning this this is a scripture that tells us we should as well we should take her her counsel what she is doing and understand it as us also giving these things significance last verse look if you were to verse 52 and Yeshua and this is really how our passage began in verse 50 it says here and Yeshua he progressed he advanced he moved forward how he moved forward in wisdom and stature and also the grace from god and from man meaning this people could see that the favor sometimes that word grace maybe is better understood with that concept of favor and he grew in wisdom he progressed he advanced in wisdom and stature meaning he grew people understood this maturity this growth and it was all based upon this favor that that was seen in him and through him but it originated with god and he also found favor with men meaning all of this is to teach us that this spiritual anointing was upon him he was progressing and moving where he was progressing and moving into the will of god now this is certainly never to imply that he was sometime outside of god's will but it means that he was deepening this manifestation through his word the word of scripture that he was progressing along the purposes of god and this brings me to our final issue this last question that i want to ask and that is let's make this scripture personal let's make this scripture a part of our being and ask ourselves are we doing that are we progressing in the things of god are we growing and maturing are we becoming better equipped for the things that god has called us to do that is what a true disciple is called to do so let me ask you again are you growing and maturing in the will of god are you growing further into the things of god being better equipped for one thing and that is for you to accomplish god's will for your life messiah he moved forward we need to move forward in those same principles of faith of wisdom of understanding of anointing so that 
the grace of God can move mightily in our life and help us to accomplish the fruit of God's will. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Shalom from Israel.